0: When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like, rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery,
1: Across Baltic, it's Monday, right? We don't know. Right? It's Monday? It's Monday. Don't say the day. Yeah. It's just Neil, some, Sunday. It's just a day. Help me out. It's- Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox. I'm back in the studio. Waterboy, good to be with you guys on the Fight Life Feast. Pub Network. What are we doing? I mean, you know, pub, club, network. I can't. This I can't figure is, it out. I mean, it's fine. Hey, hey ro- go ahead, Toby, and then me. <laughs> then uh, then, he then hasn't me. been here in <laughs> a while. So. I, I, I missed you know, two days last he, week. He doesn't though. know
2: how we work this yeah. Yeah, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, summer's right. been great here at Cross Politic. We want you to join us on this ride. First off, as you just heard from Gabe, we're no longer calling it the Fight Laugh Feast Club. It's now called the Pub. I mean, but second, we're still kind of calling it the Club. Second, a little bit. hey. Who's reading, Who's reading the ad? Club hub. Who's reading the ad? Second, pub. we're launching a new line of content focused on family entertainment. Knox and Gabe have been busy filming all summer long, Woo. right? Mm, a- and mm. editing and producing yeah. and yeah, all right. Uh, this America is the first show that we're dropping. Um, Gabe is on site with a number of businessmen who are building Christian that's right. uh,
1: companies. L- um, Lucas do- just hadn't invited me out. I mean, that's a problem. But he might know. by just, the end maybe, of the maybe, show. Maybe, maybe but they're it, friends. It's no going to be so not. good. Yeah.
2: Okay. Anyways, uh, also, we
1: have our exciting new Rowdy
2: Christian Guides. I can Ra-
1: teach him how to shoot a sport gun. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, here
2: we go. All right. <laughs> Uh, highlighting practical guides to fun and godly life. What are we doing for the rowdy Christian guides? It's like, like it's going to be everything. Like tobacco, it, it'd be guns, to, yeah. I bourbon. D- I actually,
3: uh, I did wine, a uh,
1: wine, liquor. What I do? Pork shoulder. No, no, no you no, didn't. I did um, a
3: brisket. A brisket. Yeah. I did a brisket. Okay. Yeah, very difficult. I did one. Was it good, though?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was good. Okay. Okay. Was, it row- was, it. It, was it rowdy? Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was rowdy. Had a little kick to it. Additionally,
2: we will have the live streaming of our conferences, our past conference talks, all bundled within the new polished Fight Laugh Feast app, which is due to drop really any day. I already
1: got access. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got I got pre-access. So sign, up, it's pretty sign sweet. up today. Head over yeah.
2: to fightlaughfeast.com. Join the pub. That's fightlaughfeast.com. Dot com. We're really grateful. Hey, whoa, whoa,
1: real quick. Just oh, real quick. I just should, had a quick little plug. What? Um, I'm going to be at OSA, um, Operation Save America at Josh Bice's Church. It's actually being hosted oh, by, yeah, in, in Atlanta. by Josh Bice's in, in Atlanta, Atlanta uh, this Friday, um, Friday night. Uh, particularly, I'll be on a panel with a number of good brothers. Um, and then I'm going to be preaching at um, Church of the Triumphant King Ooh. in Weatherford, Texas, uh, outside of Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, on Sunday so you can actually google church of the triumph king if you guys are in the fort worth weatherford dallas area and want, want to come um excited to be there at um church of the triumph and king we've i think we've done a cl- a plug for him already before yeah. Newest new church, church right new new, which, new yep. church plans and, and you'll be there Sunday, yep, uh, Sunday. Uh, preaching. yes sir
2: great Hey, we're really grateful to have with us today, Lucas Botkin. He founded T-Rex Arms in 2013. His current focus includes providing vision uh, in with his, with his organization, creating marketing strategies for the company, producing mm-hmm. educational content and videos on various platforms, going on podcasts to talk about business, building, like culture, and yeah. firearms. Lucas, thanks for joining us on Cross CrossPolitik, man.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. You guys seem like a very uh, enthusiastic bunch, and so that is... Uh that's great. You don't even know. You guys seem super fun. <laughs> you yeah. don't even know. <laughs> yeah, your you
1: brother know. Isaac didn't warn you. That's what's hilarious about this moment right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get told very much now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, you don't love your brother,
3: do you, Isaac? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, Lucas, thank you for coming on anyway. <laughs> yeah. so, Not good stuff, Lucas, our producers here
2: at, at CP believe that you and T-Rex Arms are are going to go down as doing the most work for second amendment rights maybe in american history it seems though that most or at least a lot of the military trained guys have a problem with you why do you, why do you think that
0: is so i wouldn't say it's most um obviously there's there's such thing as the loud minority which is you only need a few people to go online to be activists to seem Uh, Very loud and like they're speaking on behalf of the majority. Um, But I've actually spent quite a bit of time working with people um, in the military, including foreign uh, military entities. And for the most part, a lot of guys out there don't have a problem with what we're doing. But there are a lot of people in the military who don't understand why a civilian populace would be interested in owning and possessing the same types of equipment and be interested In being militaristic beyond having, you know, a firearm for home defense or for just carrying out in public. And so that has been an interesting cultural fight that we've, you know, been engaged in is trying to explain to some of these guys who go and join the military as a career Mm -hmm. or as, you know, just for four years or whatever happens to be that, hey, you're at some point you're going to return to society as a civilian And technically, you are a civilian when you're here uh, in the United States, and you should still possess that ability of owning and bearing arms uh, just like you had when you were in the military using tax uh, payer-funded weaponry. And so uh, that's been fun, having those conversations. And there's been a major shift and change in the last, I would say, five years with some of these conversations to the point now that there are a lot of veterans getting out who are starting to speak out against um, a lot of these other veterans. And it's not so much, you know, me engaging in those conversations kind of, I felt kind of alone in some of that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, five, six years ago. Uh, But there's actually that whole conversation is now being uh, pushed further by other individuals, which I think is awesome because ultimately – um it does have to be a group effort and a community effort. It can't just be done by one company or one organization.
1: Is it is it like a, a turf war or is it, you know, kind of a no, special basically, like yeah. a special knowledge <laughs> war? Like I got military knowledge that you don't have, Lucas. Is it, you know?
0: Yes, there is definitely a it's called gatekeeping. Um guys <laughs> go and join the military they and, and they don't have to be like a special operations guy who's gone through a lot more schoolhouses. It can literally be a guy who just went to boot camp and then he got dropped in the motor pool and he still thinks he possesses a high level of knowledge that civilians don't. And in some cases, they do. But when it comes to firearms, uh, most uh, any civilian out there who's even just a little bit interested in shooting and shoots on their own will outshoot and outperform most military veterans and cops. And guys don't like. Being told that when yeah. they've gone in and they're told they're special uh, when they go through training or, or, you know, depending on what organization they're in. And then they see some skinny civilian wearing skinny jeans, running out around on a range, shooting really fast. And uh, they don't like that. They don't so, like that one bit. I haven't, I haven't,
1: been, I haven't been here for two days. I missed all of last week's shows, So wow. I'm, I'm catching up. Okay? did I just get in the middle so, of it? Um, so, so, Lucas, like, give me the case for why we should be carrying guns like military um like the military why should we be carrying equipment like the military that seems
0: a little maybe extreme a little like ex- that's exactly the point it's extreme <laughs> uh, so the reason the, the point is so there's there's a few reasons for owning firearms the one that is most easily digestible by people is home defense you got someone coming into your house you don't want them there you want to protect your family you have a gun most people won't argue with that but something that I is i got my far, 200
1: yard marker my 100 yard marker my 50 yard marker so it's you know it, it goes yes. all the way outside. <laughs>
0: where, exactly. And, yeah. and the interesting thing is what I bring up to people is the home defense argument really isn't the argument we should be using for owning firearms. That's a given. Just protecting our families and our own house, like that's a default we should all be you know, responsible right. for. But there's something much bigger than that that people don't realize. And the uh, University of Hawaii did a really fascinating study on the history of genocide and democide, governments going out and killing entire groups of people in their own country. And just over the last 100 years, just in the last 100 uh, years, not going back to yeah. like thousands of years of history, um, I think they've estimated 220 million people that have been murdered by their own governments. And that's the reason civilian populaces have to be armed with something more than just, say, a pistol or a shotgun. It's something. It's for something much worse, in my opinion, than home defense. Like a home defense situation, it's a, it's a pretty cut and dry sort of a situation. You're in your house, you're in your castle. There are people trying to get inside, probably one or two aggressors. You have a firearm. Hopefully, they might be armed. They may not. To some extent, it doesn't really matter. They're trying to break into your house and do harm to you and who's inside. But when you start talking about a government or organizations or groups of people that want to exterminate entire religious groups or ethnicities or political or you know, people of a certain political belief, uh, that's when you start talking about millions of people getting exterminated. And that's what comes to mind for me as far as civilians owning this type of weaponry to keep that sort of threat at bay does that include, as a deterrent. Does
1: that include like cluster munitions that we're sending over Ukraine? We should have those too.
0: I mean, look, if my money is going to go over there and pay for those, I would like some of those for myself. So, <laughs> um, so yes, actually.
2: <laughs> go ahead. Pass. I, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago. You said that, most, you said, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you said most civilians... That's what I got written down right here. Most yeah, civilians uh, can, can with a little bit of, uh, maybe a little bit of research, or a little bit of training, I think you said, be better um, shooters, better better with their firearms than those who have been trained in the military and um, police force. Police force. Wait, wait, explain yep. that, defend that.
0: So in the military, when you go through... Depending, it is almost said it, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, you go through boot camp, you go through a minimal firearms training portion where you shoot a couple hundred rounds, and you recall once a year. The qual is not that great. If you go watch videos on YouTube, it is nothing incredible. The marksmanship standard is, and most people are failing. They're not even necessarily passing. And the standard is just not very high. And I can take a new shooter, a civilian. I went out and trained a bunch of uh, women from a political organization that I was kind of doing some stuff with a few years ago, and they had never handled firearms. And at the end of it, they were able to draw and shoot targets inside of 15 meters with a decent amount of accuracy, and they were able to do it fast. And I've spent some time training um, guys, whether it's in special operations, conventional, foreign, and law enforcement, and then civilians as well the standards for firearms proficiency in the military and law enforcement is abysmally low and the reason it's low is when you think about the job of a soldier or a cop the shooting is 1% i mean it is very little a cop rolling up to a domestic you right. know dispute they've got to know about the law they've got to know about you know the tactics of where they're oriented you know how they're putting themselves in that situation how they're requesting backup there's a lot of other skill sets involved than just the shooting part which is why most of these organizations they just they they go, hey, you got a week to shoot, and that's it. We gotta move on and talk about law. We gotta talk about get into you know tactics, whatever it happens to be. And there's a reason the highest level of people in the military and special operations are still contracting civilian competition shooters to come in and train them on shooting because they don't shoot uh-huh. all the time. Like I, I shoot this year, I'll shoot 60, I think fifty 000 to sixty thousand rounds this year, <laughs> and that is more than pretty much anybody in the military any law enforcement officer out there because they just can't afford it. Their organization can't afford it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to put the time into it mm-hmm. and they can't specialize in it. And that's why civilians just going out for, you know, if they just went out once a week, they'd be better than most law enforcement in the country within just a couple months of wow. a little bit of dedicated training. It's not wow. hard. How, so much it just sad.
1: How much Bitcoin does that take to buy that much ammo?
0: <laughs> Jeez, I mean, I'm uh, not really in the Bitcoin uh, game,
1: but
0: uh, <laughs> you know, you, um, I think kind of-
3: You know, T-Rex Arms and you, you guys have been really into the Second Amendment stuff and, and been on the forefront of the battle. What has been the change in the conversation over the last 10 years, the way that you've seen it?
0: So originally, when I started getting into this, which is 12, I started watching it 12 years ago, um, people were not comfortable with civilians being militarized. Uh, they were starting to have that conversation about law enforcement. They were going, Ooh, I don't know if I want cops having uh, armored vehicles, air 15s. There was a lot of that conversation going on and that still comes up. And I was throwing on body armor running around on Instagram nine years ago. And people were going, why are you wearing that? You don't need that. Uh, All you need is a pistol. That's that's all you need. And the conversation has shifted so much now that I recently went to shot show, which is our big industry event in January. And, a lot of the companies there were showcasing photos of civilians wearing body armor, civilians with suppressors, civilians in camouflage, you know, multicam, whatever it happens to be, and promoting this idea of a militarized civilian that's not just someone carrying a pistol. They don't just have like a rifle, you know, in the corner by their bed, but they possess uh, a, a lot more capability. And and capability that is starting to reminisce what the militarized law enforcement have had for the last decade that people have complained about. Um, It's just a much more kosher conversation now Mm. to have a suppressor, you know, have a military style rifle with a suppressor that you know, ten years ago would have been, you know, oh, well, you must be a firearms instructor to possess that special, you know, item on that weapon, and it's like, nope, I'm just an average dude. I'm an insurance agent. I'm a doctor. I'm a whatever. I'm a technician. And yeah, I have a suppressed rifle that's better than what the military gets issued. And it's pretty common now. So that's been pretty cool. This is the second
3: time you did this now. He keeps
1: brandishing and
0: scaring me.
3: I just have to know because, you know, okay, I'm in filmmaking. So they say all you have to do is fill the frame, right? And so everybody's like, oh, this movie looks fake. All movies are fake. If you see beyond the frame, everything is fake, okay? but So I'm looking. You've brought two guns out now. A pistol or oh, yeah. a rifle. i got more. I just, I, that's yeah. what I want to know. <laughs> How many what's all behind yeah, I gotta see. Okay, here we go. Okay, Let's go for the all right, give us the tour. Give us the, all tour. Right, all right. give us the
0: tour. So this is that a this long range? is this is a very special uh bolt action sniper rifle wow. that there's only like, I don't know, ten of these in civilian hands. They're very hard to get and expensive. Um but this is my long range gun for if the sh- the short range guns aren't enough. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> And, and I'm training on long range, so I'm interested in that. But yeah, like, I mean, we've like got long guns range, all Like over. how far? How far would that gun shoot? Rifle. Uh I have shot one of these types of rifles to a mile. This'll shoot a mile. Wow. Um and I have the proper scope, rangefinder, ballistic computer, um a little leveling wow. device so I know if the gun is level wow. and then the ammunition oh, I have hey, to man. shoot. A suppressor, because you know you have to be quiet. Don't want to bother the neighbors, you know. You <laughs> no. don't have that. Don't no, want to wait um, Because they these. can hear that five thousand
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. feet away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. so, so I mean, you just got gun. I
3: just, I was just curious because just all like you always grabbing yeah. guns from everywhere, and so you know, yeah, yeah that's interesting. <laughs> hey,
1: Today- we should, we should have invited him to South Dakota when we did. We did, oh, we did long so range training. We took a bunch of uh, Ooh, um, yeah. uh, friends before one of our conferences to this military. Training training facility and we did long range oh, shooting. Nice. We got up to 1,200 yards or something like that. Somebody two, hit fifteen. I'm going to say who? Somebody Someone, at this table. You know, <laughs> yeah, because he grew up in the ghetto. He had to learn how to. He learned
3: how to. What does that have <laughs> to?
1: today's
2: culture shifts like sand but New St. Andrews College is established on Christ the immovable rock the college is a premier institution that forges evangelical leaders who don't fear or hate the world guided by God's word equipped with the genius of classical liberal arts and God honoring wisdom with a faculty dedicated to academic rigor and to God's kingdom New St. Andrews College offers an education that frees people logic and language hard work and joyful courage old books and godly professors New St. Andrews College provides time-tested resources that can equip your student for any vocation. To find out more, go to
1: NSA.edu. Man, you free yourself through education, free yourself
3: through Second Amendment. Free your mind and the rest will follow. You ever heard that song? That's a great song. I turned into Gabe just now. Okay, so I have to ask, are there any um, Second Amendment issues or gun regulations or rear flag laws that are on kind of the, the the political landscape that you're paying attention to that we all need to know about.
0: All right. So this is where I get political, but not get political. Okay. So uh, it is, it is very common for people to focus on political issues because they are right in front of us. We believe that there is a way to, you know, kill bills and get bills through. And, you know, it's very black and white, right? What I actually believe is the bigger issue is while, the firearms community and and some of these gun rights organizations are so focused on politics, they have lost the last few decades to culture. Mm. And so for me, I'm paying a lot more attention to trends and how people think and where, how people feel about certain things and how people are changing their opinions. Um, that is much more, I would say vital in this case, because we all know that politics is downstream from culture. Yep. So we need organizations to be focusing on the culture aspect. We need the people focusing on politics. I'm not saying we don't need that. Staving off the regulations that are happening. There's some stuff going on with um, pistol braces right now, uh, Trying people trying to shut that down so people can't possess certain kinds of firearms. Um, for the most part, though, the, assault, like the era of the assault weapon ban is, I would say, it's kind of over. There mm. are way too many out in the market. The left has learned that that conversation just can't really go anywhere. Um, but again, it's really easy for uh, gun activists and, and, and firearms advocates to get so caught up in the politics that they lose on the culture war, which means in 10 years when they bring up the assault weapons ban again, we're hosed and mm-hmm. we're going to lose that one when it comes up in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my, yeah, my focus is there on culture yeah. stuff, like what are people saying? How's, how are they portrayed in media? How are firearms instructors educating people on firearms? Um, how are institutions like the NRA doing it, educating people, or how are they not educating people? Yeah. Cause that stuff's the stuff that's really going to make a difference in a decade more than say right. one bill that's happening right now. In my opinion, that's I, I, just kind of my position.
3: Do you think that we're winning the culture war right now?
0: In some areas? Yes. Things have gotten a lot better the last decade. There's a lot of wins happening. Um, uh, unfortunately, I mean, there are some areas where we're not. I mean, just with entertainment as a whole, obviously with social media and wokeism, and although people are getting a little fed up with the wokeism, I'm very happy with that. Yeah. Um, I can get away with saying some stuff now that I didn't, I couldn't say a few years ago. But um, there, but there are some areas that, and, and I think COVID, we have to thank COVID to thank for that, um, right. yep. for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But um, there are some areas we're winning in. there's some areas we're not. Um, but I do think firearms culture as a whole is getting much more developed. The resources are much easier to access. It is easier to get educated. There are books now that are available that just, they weren't available 10 years ago. Um, uh, hmm. there's a book that I was involved in, uh, called adaptive rifle. It was written by two high level shooters and I would, any beginner, I would say buy a rifle, buy that book. Read through the book. It'll teach you how to train on your own. Mm. Shoot the same drills in that book, and you'll be set. If you go out to the range with some discipline, with a little bit of ammo on that rifle, you'll be far above anyone who was just starting out 10 years ago. I wish I had that book 10 years ago. didn't exist. Like, some of those materials co- just we don't they a, weren't available. We
1: don't have a signed copy here. That's That's... Maybe we need to ask Isaac. Maybe. Yeah, maybe.
0: maybe
2: Lucas, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, yeah, you know, up. Know, yeah. I don't know you guys. <laughs> yeah. L- Lucas, um, speaking of uh, culture war, I-, I heard that you have, you have, some, there's some connection between you and call of duty.
0: Oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah, there is. <laughs> 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 so, so uh, and this is cool. This again, this goes back to culture yeah. uh, back in 2017. I was putting out YouTube videos, doing some pretty cool stuff. It was ahead of its time. And some of the uh, animators from Infinity Ward were watching my videos for reference. And they decided to just reach out to me one day and ask if I would come into the studio and do mocap wearing the suit with all the little little yeah. sensors and yeah. dots mm-hmm. and get the player movement because they liked how I moved with the gun. <laughs> and so I signed all these NDAs. And there were yeah. some jokes made about taking our company if I you know violated them and um, it was a little scary. I just never got my phone out, didn't take any photos. There's one photo that I took on the job because they offered. But um, I flew out there a couple times, worked with their animation team, helped make the guns look and feel the right way. I got to run around in the suit, yeah. and uh, it was a cool project. But for Fun. the most part, I mean, it was in California, um, in you know, outside the L.A. area, and I went into it expecting you know an anti-gun, you know, left-leaning you know, yeah. game company. And the director, the first day I was there, said, hey, what 1911 should I buy? I've got a big question for you. And I was like, okay, well, go buy this gun you know, or oh, yeah. think about this one. And, and uh, so that was really cool. So that got released and people said that was the best Call of Duty in a very long time. And then they released the new one that I did not work on and people say it is one of the worst. So um,
3: so <laughs> yeah, that's uh, just, so, <laughs> just how it is. So, so this is
1: funny because me and Lucas have something in common. What's really? The- I was in NBA Live 2000. <laughs> Seriously, my oh, video game 2K? Very cool. My, my voice was in it. Not, I didn't get to wear the dots or anything. <laughs> what? They just took my voice. Oh man. Yeah, that that was yeah. it. So there, man. Nice. I feel I feel very like dude. Cool. You're, I feel like we're so close you're like, now. you are like black nice, nice. brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> they didn't ask me to hold a ball or anything and shoot. And,
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucas, I want to ask you about um, platforms and free speech.
1: Yeah, um, you're you're
2: on. Um, Twitter, Instagram, I don't know what else you're YouTube, on. YouTube. YouTube. Yep. Yep. All of it. Yep. And, um... I mean, what, what's, what's your thoughts on, uh, I mean, you mentioned COVID a minute ago. We had, you know, we've had major censorship. It's, it's, uh, come out that the government was colluding with Twitter and, and leaders of, of social media platforms to censor, uh, particularly a lot of conservatives. A lot of it was related to vaccine stuff and, uh, and COVID related things. But of course it's also been related to political things. Um, then you got, you know, Elon Musk doing his thing. You got Tucker Carlson now coming out on, on Twitter, reading uh, his Bible. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> What uh, what are you seeing, and um, and and how is this a moment maybe for um conservatives?
0: Hmm. So, the whole concept of you know, hey, social media is a public square, so it needs to be treated like a public utility versus a private company is. I can see arguments on both sides for yeah, why yeah. each side would have, you know, the reasons and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, and I haven't taken a, a complete position on like, well, if it's a private company, they can do whatever they want. Oh, except maybe let certain people say certain things and maybe not certain others. Um, I do think Elon Musk per, uh, purchasing Twitter, uh, has quite possibly saved Western civilization a little bit. I don't know by how much. Um, Because now there is a platform that is not completely owned by all the people that all work together on Mm -hmm. the same things like an election or like (laughs) COVID or something like that. Uh And I think it will produce a lot of opportunity for other people to join the space of starting potentially their own platforms. Um, I've been on Twitter after he purchased Twitter, I got on Twitter because before then I wasn't really using it. Didn't really care. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I can, I've been gaining followers. There've been no problems. I've said some pretty spicy stuff on there Mm -hmm. that I don't think I could say on say uh, threads, the new, um, Facebook meta, uh, Twitter app. Mm -hmm. But, um, censorship is definitely something that has affected our company. But with that said, I was talking to, um, uh, well, actually, you probably know him, uh, Mr. Mr. Done, a little bit about yeah, marketing, dang. and yeah, and we talked to him a little bit, and um, we were talking about censorship, and he said, "Look, if you make good content, it's gonna get out there. People are going to share it. They're gonna circulate it. If you get censored, you know, depending on how you get censored, that could actually be a boost, a PR boost for your mm-hmm. content potentially, yep. depending on how you swing it. But for the most part, you know, as long as you put out thought-provoking content that is interesting and beneficial to people." it will find its way to people. You may have to adjust your strategy. We're adjusting some of our strategy right now. Instagram is pretty difficult to gain traction on these days. Um, So we're going to shift a little bit more to YouTube, but we're still going to post on Instagram because people still share it. It still reaches people. And even if it reaches, you know, 10,000 people instead of 100,000 people, well, that is still, you know, positive education and positive messaging provided you're doing positive messaging that is getting to those 10,000 people. And that's still worth something like that's still important. Yeah. And so, um, but it is an interesting time we live in because, you know, it is in some ways it is easier to start a small business on the internet. Things are more decentralized, but I would definitely say it would be harder for me to start a company right now than it was 10 years ago before a lot of this censorship stuff, uh, started and, uh, my stuff was able to kind of circulate a little more, be a little more viral, and now it is much harder for small companies to get started. That's what I've seen at least. Yeah, you know, it can be done though.
3: I was going to ask you if you've seen, you know, what's the difference between now and then? Because it doesn't seem like you get censored as much, unless they're doing it behind the scenes. I don't see them taking down your videos, especially yeah. since you know <laughs> we got canned during COVID. I mean. Absolutely, just trash. Yeah, YouTube killed us. But you know, watching. But you run guns on YouTube and do live streams and talk about which guns to buy. (laughs) And And I'm like, I I mean, I'm happy that you're staying up. But how is it possible that you are able to get past that? Because they have they have to make more regulations for guys like you than they do for the rest of us out here. We're just misinformation. But you, they hate.
0: They hate guns. And yet you're- I think you're, they you're, hate you guys yeah. more. <laughs> <That's what laughs> I, I mean, I mean I, here's the thing. I, I don't blame them. Like, I don't blame, like, think about it. Thought leaders, you know, guys such as yourselves who are talking about religious topics and political topics and lifestyle are actually, in my opinion, more dangerous mm. than someone who's just talking about this pistol. Here's how you shoot it. Like, that's kind of- Like that's not, Mm. it's not going to be, it's not going to change the world per se, teaching someone how to shoot a handgun. But like the kinds of conversations you guys are having and other folks are having are definitely more dangerous to leftist agendas, leftist ideology than say me running around on the range really fast talking about a sniper rifle that can, you know, shoot to a mile. That's cool and all, but most of the censors They don't really care about that. And as long as there's sort of that spin of it's kind of entertainment, it's kind of fun, it's tied into video games a little bit. It is a weird gray area that YouTube is not fully censoring because there's all this video game content of people shooting other people with guns like all over the place. right? And it's in that weird area in the middle. But, hey, you guys talk about religion and politics. So that's, you know, like, oh, that's really dangerous. So to me, it just seems more... I understand why they would want to censor guys such as yourselves Interesting. more than a gun creator like me, yeah. mm-hmm. but I could be wrong.
1: So, so la- last question here, you've, you've talked about kind of like, you know, your, your favorite guns, self defense, um, uh, you know, your long range mm-hmm. rifle, which actually I'm pretty jealous of. I'd be interested in that. Sure. Thing. Um, what's your favorite sport gun? Like you just, you know, fun gun, you know, sport Whoa. gun. <laughs>
0: I've got – okay, well, that gun down there, I mean, it's special, but – and it's new. Um, He's going to answer the question so, for real. No, He's going to get no, – you're going to dignify my this, question. You're not, you're not going to like my answer because it's a very uh, – you're not going to like it. My favorite gun to shoot is my range Glock 17 with a red dot Yeah. because it is the most challenging gun to shoot when it comes to getting better at shooting. It's not fun. It's not like a fun gun like, oh, it's yeah. like my MP5 SD that's full auto or whatever. But when it the challenge of getting better is more fun to me than just shooting a fun gun. So that's that's that guns with me in the car all the time. Um, it's, it goes in my range bag. It's always with me. Mm-hmm. I put thirty ish thousand rounds through it. Forty because it's a newer gun. And that's the gun when I go to the range. I want to shoot that one mm-hmm. more than some of these other ones because it's challenging and it's how I'm actually getting better at shooting pistols, but that's not, that's not the fun answer because it's not a sport gun. Like it's a, it's a practical Mm. pistol that, you know, Glocks get used by everyone all over the world. Um, but there are some other fun guns, you know, a full auto suppressed MP5 is a lot of fun. Yes. Um, but I shoot that thing so rarely that, you know, yeah, I like shooting my Glock. So, you know, we've been
3: (laughs) boring answer. We've been in your gun safe. We've been around, so oh, I, I, oh yeah, been, yeah. Oh. You, you weren't there when we were there, but we know what's the same. So, <laughs> <laughs> if somebody happens to have, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars to spend, what website yeah. do you think they should go to? <laughs>
2: Oh, that's def- fun. They should definitely go to T-Rex Arms. T-Rex Arms. Yeah, that's it? where they should go.
1: You um,
3: guys should come out. You yeah. should come out. <laughs> well, we'll next shoot. Time, we time, We need to do this we'll America see you you there. I
1: need to talk to Isaac. See,
3: yeah, you, yeah, yeah. see yeah. We do this, America. Hey, very, very grateful to have you on, Lucas. Yeah. Appreciate what you guys yeah. are doing out there, Keep man. up the good work, man. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate
3: it. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next time, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is is cross-politic
0: I hope my son is gay
3: and I hope that Jesus forgives him just like he does the rest of us
2: Doug Wilson Moscow minister and columnist with the Idahoan daily news
1: the, the question that confronts us is what does it mean in a disobedient culture to be prophetic
0: there'll be a place for same sex couples
1: Uh, No, no marriage.
0: Even though it's the law of the land in the United States.
1: Uh, Just like Roe used to be. We want to turn the world upside down, and you don't turn the world upside down by being nice. I believe that we are in, in this polytheistic, pluralistic moment, and the desperate need of the hour is for our Christian leadership to say, Jesus is Lord, and there is no other.
3: being no man.